TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's Gina Crash, your host for the next half hour or so. Couldn't do it without my very special guest this morning, Mary Helfrich. She is the Chief Advancement Officer at St. Vincent de Paul, and we might refer to it as we get further in the interview as SVDP for short. Welcome to the program, Mary. Thank you, Gina. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. And off the air, we discovered that we we know each other through other nonprofit organizations and your amazing work fundraising over the years. You've been serving Baltimore for how many years now? Well, I've been doing fundraising for over 30, uh, but I've recently joined St. Vincent de Paul in May of 2021. Well, welcome to a wonderful organization. I know you guys are very excited that your big 16th annual Empty Bowls fundraiser is going to be back in person for the first time since 2019. So we're going to be talking all about that how people can participate, and it is El Fresco, so don't worry about that. Or if you can't attend, you can donate, all that good stuff. But first up, Mary, for those who might not be as familiar with St. Vincent de Paul as we are, tell us a little bit about your organization, you know, including your mission and, and all the good things you do. Well, our mission is that we ensure that those who are impacted by poverty have skills, resources, and opportunities to achieve their full potential. St. Vincent de Paul is one of the oldest human service organizations um, in the state of Maryland. It, it was chartered in 1865. So, you know, it's 157 years, and we've just morphed into this huge organization now that offers 22 programs. Um, it's shelters. Uh, we have beans and bread, which serves meals daily. Um, we also have a variety of programs that are uh, there as preventative measures so that people don't become homeless. Um, we have eviction prevention. We work with families who just need additional support. So along the charism of St. Vincent de Paul, as an international society, we work in, in step with people. So we're not just giving, as they say, the fish. Um, we're teaching the, the ways that people can um, maintain their independence. Gotcha. So, yeah, people might be familiar, um, you know, with your organization and, and definitely you're specific to Baltimore, local to Baltimore, um, supporting our communities right here at home. And you have been for a very long time. So thank you for all that you do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank and, you for and, having me able to talk about it, because it really is a wonderful mission. And we do reach thousands of people. Um, for example, our Beans and Bread uh, Center Career Center, which is in Felt Point, um, that is a mailing address um, of, that is serving over 300 people um, who don't have a fixed address. So just getting paperwork for benefits or correspondence or, you know, appointments um, and things like that that a lot of us take for granted, um, there, there's a central service for that at Beans and Bread. 
gosh, I didn't realize that you did that as well. Yeah. That's, that's really important. Yeah. Very important. That's why I'm glad that, you know, that's why we call the show Spotlight on Maryland, because uh, people might not be as familiar with or they might have heard of the organization, but not realize exactly all that you do. And we'll get into your programs and that. And how did you end up working uh, with St. Vincent de Paul? Was that something that um, I think maybe just you naturally sort of led you in that direction? Or? Well, yes. I mean, I've done fundraising, as I said. I've, you know, had a particular um, interest in, in human service, um, I, you know, animal welfare, education. And um, I was, you know, when they say you're, you're not looking for an opportunity, um, it comes to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I did see last uh, spring this opportunity and um, felt fairly confident that, that I was going to have my dream job after all this time. Not that my other jobs weren't wonderful, but I just felt it was a great fit. It's a wonderful organization, um, and it really is meaningful to see what we do um, at the end of the day and see the, the success of the people that we serve. And it, it's hard. It, it's very hard to work um, in human services. And, um, you know, there's a lot of systemic disadvantages that are just hard to quantify, um, but, but working as a team and really sort of supporting um, our folks in all of our different programs really, really make, make me feel good yeah. um, and, and know that I'm doing good in the community. And, and on your toughest day, how do you get going? You just know that there's someone out there that, that you know, needs help more than the next. And, uh, you know, that's the least you can yeah. do, right? Yeah, you just do it. Right. It's the least you can do. But, you know, it's one smile. It's one person who gets a meal. I'll give you an example. Christmas Eve, uh, we served a sit-down meal at Beans and Bread, and, and some of our um, restaurant supporters were wonderful. I mean, we had crab balls, we had crab dip. It was great. And, you know, kind of word got on the street that, seemed, that you know, St. Vincent Paul Beans and Bread was serving this good meal. So people started coming. We had more people coming in. And we're, at that point, we were serving like 60% of our dining um, in-house. And, uh, yeah, but it's Christmas Eve, right? So someone comes in and they sit down, and the next thing you know, it's little music playing, Christmas carols, and this man with this beautiful baritone voice just started singing. And it was great. And so cool. And just stopped and stared, and it was great. And it put everyone in the holiday spirit, and I thought, you know, this this person's homeless. He's going to go back. Um, out on Bond Street, and he just made me feel like I was a better, you know, better person for it. It was a wonderful opportunity. And there's the little things that we see. Our, our children in Head Start, you know, they have tablets. Um, we have kids, you know, in our Camp St. Vincent that, you know, for the first time get an opportunity to, you know, take a field trip to a country, you know, what we wouldn't consider the country, the suburbs. But, um, you know, those, those types of events that really can change someone you know, perception. Yeah, that's really cool. And um, what are some of the direct ways that you that you serve the community? Because you do so, so much. Well, um, I guess our most popular meaning in the community awareness is probably our shelters. So we have um, Sarah's Hope, uh, which is a family shelter. And again, you know, um, a kind of a unique situation because prior to family sheltering, uh, if a male child turned 13, he had to move into a men's shelter. So a lot of cases, families would be broken up. Fathers, um, you know, it's not unique that we would see a family that's homeless um, and the dad would have to live somewhere else. So in, in the Sarah's Hope Family Shelter um, and, and our Hannah Moore is we're able to bring um, families together and, and they can be um, in their quad. And, and the children, you know, can attend the schools and, and you know, participate in those kind of activities so that keeps the family together. Um, we also have a men's shelter 
um, and that serves between 120 and 130 men. And we try to give them the support that they need for, you know, career readiness or expungement of record if there's something on their record. Um, we partner with Sharp Dress Man for dress clothes, and it's not always um, for job interviews. It's for sometimes you need a suit for a family funeral or it's a holiday and it's Easter and you want to look nice to go to church with your family. And a lot of the cases with the men is, you know, they do have day visits with their families, but they really can't stay for extended time. So they come back to, to the men's shelter. Um, and then, you know, we have our Good Harvest, which is sort of like our um, our, our LLC, if you will, and, and we do provide um, food to 64 locations around Baltimore, but it's also job training and sort of our entrepreneurial program. So we um, have received a, a grant from Johns Hopkins to support people in culinary training and to get them working in, in the field of culinary arts. And uh, in addition to that, we're serving the public as well. We're supporting senior centers and schools and different organizations with um, over 5,000 meals per day. Wow. So if you see a good harvest truck on, on the highway. <laughs> yes, yes, um, I do. I see know, them often. We're doing good work. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I just read um, the life expectancy, the statistic, which is very staggering for homeless people. Tell us about that, that it's, it's, it's well, very low yeah. compared to the general population and how yeah. you're really helping out with that as well, which is very important. Yeah. And, and you know, just as that statistic and, you know, knowing that a, a homeless person, because of, um, you know, lack of health care and support systems might only live 42 to 52 years compared to, you know, a 70 to 80 um, year lifespan of, of a, you know, a person, a man or a woman. So, you know, it, it's the, the, the elements, it's um, the, the nutrition, it's the health care. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of mental health as well. Um, the support system, you know, as they say, like friendships and um, you know, not feeling alone. And, and you know, we, we try to, you know, kind of bring that together and, and do things as a community um, with our folks that are in shelter. And so is uh, the mental health component something that you definitely work on as well, it sounds like, which is important? Well, we, we do. And, and, you know, that is something that um, moving forward, behavioral health, um, and I think particularly, you know, in the, in the pandemic situation, um, is, is something that's expanding. So we, we do look um, at, you know, opportunities to, you know, have people um, in, be in situations where, you know, they're slow to anger, right? I mean, you're, you're in an environment where you're really protecting yourself. You know, you're alone, you're sort of on the street, and, and you know, sometimes um, people can be uh, a little protective of themselves. And, you know, we, we work toward um, opportunities to, to give people, you know, coaching and, and just friendship. I mean, we, we have case managers and we have, you know, our, our workers that are constantly, you know, 24-hour shifts in the shelter. Um, and just to be there, you know, there was an opportunity um, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, someone was able to donate a television and they were able to watch at the men's shelter the, the Super Bowl. Of, again, something a lot of people take for granted. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, we also had a really good opportunity with a um, small live music ensemble um, that, that one of our team members was able to get and to come to Green Spring and, and perform. And some of these men had never heard live music before um, and then been in that environment. And, you know, it only took one person to start tapping their foot. And then before you know it, people were dancing and clapping and really, you know, engaged in it. So it was great. It was a great opportunity. Wow. Those little things that, you know, we, people that might be listening now might take for granted. But 
Um, it's really, really important. And, um, and you know, something that helps with providing, you know, with the homeless uh, statistic is providing that housing. Um, and that's one of the, the many things you do is uh, tell us a little bit about like, the transitional housing and how, you know, I know there's success stories where people have been helped by St. Vincent de Paul and then you can get into into the back on your feet, so to speak. Um, so, you know, we've talked about some of your programs like Beans and Bread and Good Harvest. And uh, we'll get talking a little bit more about Head Start, too. But that the importance of that, to, you know, the housing and transitional housing like that. Well, yeah, I mean, we have opportunities for people so that, you know, we'd rather give them the supports that they need to, to maintain independence and keep their families together as opposed to losing that opportunity and winding back on the bottom rung, right, and in shelter environments. So, you know, we've had situations working with workforce development where um, we've had people, because of the remote situation, be able to get jobs. So we had a woman that was actually in shelter that was able to get a remote job um, and her child, her daughter could go to school and she was working every day um, and, you know, able to get that deposit and able to get, you know, out into her own home. Um, we work with other folks that have been, you know, sort of on the brink of losing a home because of a job loss or a health issue. So we kind of work with them within our case management um, to make sure that, you know, they're receiving their supports. We've had um, folks that come through our shelter system with children that have went on to be able to get the permanent housing, um, to find jobs at the U.S. Post Office, to get uh, careers. Um, so, you know, and we don't leave those folks behind. Um, you know, we work with them. We have some situations um, where we've had some folks who have been able to save their money and go out on their own um, because they've, they've had the support network that we've been able to give them. That's incredible. And that's the goal, right? You know, it's you can't leave anybody behind and you give everybody the resources they can to you know, be independent like that. And tell us a little bit, another huge program that you're involved with that's so, so important for, for your kids is the Head Start program. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So Head Start um, is a, you know, a wonderful program for us. We have, when it's not the pandemic, um, over 600 uh, children in there. And in our Head Starts, um, we have a couple different programs. Our Head Starts can, can start as young as six weeks. So um, they can go from six weeks to just a toddler, and then the, the main Head Start program is toddler to prepare for kindergarten. So we have locations throughout the city of Baltimore um, that serve these children, and, you know, it's all um, you know, teachers, teachers' aides. I mean, it's very much like a preschool uh, format, curriculum. And um, we are probably at this point, about maybe 50 to 60 percent, you know, because we, we've, um, you know, lost some folks with the pandemic. But moving forward, um, we have a couple locations, some new locations that we're looking to open in, in the summer into the fall to serve the community. And um, like during the pandemic, we were able to give each child a tablet so that children were able to work at home. There's a component of Head Start where the parent is involved as well. So they volunteer um, at, at the center, um, at the Head Start Center, or um, you know, do things with their children at home. So again, it comes full circle and there's a support network that we're just not you know, teaching a small child for a few hours a day and then having he or she go home um, and not have what they need to, to be ready to come back to school the next day. Yeah, it's important to have those uh, digital resources for sure. And, you know, people, yeah. everybody has really been faced with unprecedented challenges over the past two years. And how have you seen COVID-19 impact uh, the number of people you care for? How many people, 
you've had you've been able to provide resources for each year has that um, substantially increased? Would you say in the last two years? Yeah, well, increase and decrease, right? I mean, because we had to close the actual locations of Head Start, we had to close our serving locations at Beans and Bread. But the one thing that we did do, I mean, our resilience is that our programs didn't stop. So if anything, you know, we became more aware of the people uh, that needed our help, particularly in eviction prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, We were able to pivot into uh, handing out the meals as opposed to having someone come in to sit. Um, We had to close. We do have showers and washing uh, machines and dryers at Beans and Bread, so we had to close that. But we just recently reopened that as well. Oh, good. You know, the problems didn't go away, you know, um, but we were able to look at them like at a different kind of lens to see where we needed to uh, be most, you know, supportive and and I guess, you know, most successful. Yeah. And how does St. Vincent de Paul secure all the staffing and the funding, every, all these programs that you've mentioned, I know require funding and staffing, and I'm sure that can be a challenge as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. And our, you know, our staff is fabulous. I mean, we have, you know, all total over 300, but that includes, you know, our part-time staff and, and, and people that work, um, as I said, at our, at our Good Harvest. But, you know, it, it's a pretty resilient team. Um, a lot of our, our folks in our management level have been around for a long time. So they, they know the programs and they know the folks that we're working with. Um, we, we clearly depend on volunteers. And that's one thing that we had to pull back on as far as physical presence. However, the need didn't go away. So where, where folks may not necessarily have come in to serve at Beans and Bread, they were able to provide the lunches. They were, we were able to do in-kind drives. We were able to continue to, um, uh, you know, establish corporate relationships for, uh, you know, toiletries and, and bedding and the things that we need uh, when we send a family out, you know, to permanent housing. So, so those those connections did not go away. And in some respects, we got more uh, opportunities to engage with new uh, donors and new volunteers. But, but I will say for the audience that's listening, um, you know, we are coming back with, with more open volunteering opportunities. So we hope to see, you know, some of our, um, you know, we've had some, some stalwarts stay with us, particularly beans and bread through, um, through the pandemic, but we're looking for, um, you know, new faces as well. Oh, great. And so uh, when do you hope that that might be um, something that people could do that want to volunteer that might be listening? Well, we're slowly starting now. So um, we have actually just established a young professionals group that's more earmarked to doing some of the tasks like um, helping plant at our shelters, you know, doing spring planting and doing some cleanup or, or, you know, we uh, had a group uh, host a Christmas party for the kids at Sarah's Hope. So those types of things are always available. And we have um, three very dedicated volunteer coordinators um, who work at our locations. Um, visiting our website would, would be able to make, uh, someone would be able to make a connection. Um, and we could definitely find a place uh, to, to fit. For, Great. For anyone. And your website is vincentbaltimore.org and people can go there. They can also find direct links yeah. to find you on social media like Facebook, LinkedIn, yeah. Instagram, YouTube. Um, what am I forgetting? Twitter and everything else. But, you know, I want to make sure we get to um, your events coming up and opportunities for people to also support the organization. Again, we're talking to um, Mary Helfrick, and she is the Chief Advancement Officer at St. Vincent de Paul. And we're very excited to hear about your 16th annual Empty Bowls the last couple of years. You know, and you haven't been able to do that in person, but you are, for the first time since 2019, able to do that. How did you pull this off? And please tell us all about it and how we can get involved. Okay. Well, we're pulling it off because we just know that we can do this. 
So <laughs> we just made this decision that, you know, we, we kind of figured things were easing up and people were feeling a little more confident, um, you know, but we still want to be cautious. So this year, we do have the exhibition hall at the Maryland State Fairgrounds open, but we're also doing an open-air tent. Um, why you'll see the little words alfresco attached to empty bowls. So we wanted to give people who are still being a little more cautious an opportunity to come and enjoy um, this really unique event. Um, it really has so many layers to it. Um, we get community groups and schools and scout troops to make bowls, Towson University's art department, um, just families and groups of people come together and, and handcraft a ceramic bowl. And we have I guess we're going to have maybe 1,500 bowls available. And then we partner with restaurants and small pop-ups in the community to provide soup that day. So this year, we know that not just soup can be served in a bowl. We know that since our last live event, we've seen a lot of mac and cheese vendors and faux vendors and ice cream vendors. So we've kind of opened it up and done a little more of, of planning to have different types of food. And what you'll do is you'll come uh, for a $35 ticket price. Uh, you'll come in, you'll get your bowl, uh, then you'll walk around and you'll get to taste a uh, taste of soup from 12 to 15 different types of vendors. Um, we do have some of our uh, folks who have been with us for a long time, like Miss Shirley's and Gertrude's and Linwood's, uh, you know, come again and then they'll be serving. And then, of course, our own Good Harvest. But we also are looking for um, unique folks to help us out, and we have some different um, kind of ethnic foods, some vegan opportunities, um, some baked goods. It's going to be a really fun and different event this year. Yeah, you've really thought of everything. And um, so is it true that um, you get to choose your own handcrafted ceramic bowls a keepsake once you get your ticket and attend the event like that? Yes, you do. And we'll probably have some extra bowls for sale uh, for around probably like $10 each. And, you know, the bowls are beautiful. And we have, you know, if this event opens at noon, we'll have folks in line probably after 11 because they want to come in. They want to get their bowl. So if someone has like a green and white kitchen, they'll come through and they'll pick all the, you know, beautiful green and white bowls. Oh, that's so cool. Or sometimes your child makes the bowl and you want to come in and get the bowl that your granddaughter or your daughter or son Made. So it's a lot of fun in the beginning. You know, I mean, it's not like, you know, a, a crush of people coming in, but it is a lot of fun when the doors open. Um, we are doing uh, expanded children's activities this year because we have the, the parking lot in the tent. So we're looking to do some inflatable little bounce houses because that's the popular thing for the kiddos. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we have a silent auction. So, we're, you know, we're, we're actually looking for uh, silent auction items, but we are going to have an online silent auction, and those things will be available uh, to, to peruse that day as well. Oh, cool. And is, um, and is that, be, you know, was the, I'm um, sorry to interrupt, is the, is the online okay. auction going to be at vincentbaltimore.org like that? Yeah. Yes. We do have a platform for empty bowls. Empty bowls um, uh, has an email, empty bowls, and vincentbaltimore.org as well. And then when you go onto our main website and our empty bowls, dot um, com. You can even Google that. You'll be directed to Empty Bowls information. Yeah, it, I was just on your website before we started talking, and it is definitely very clearly lined up like that. And I love too that if you when you're keeping your keepsake bowl throughout the year, that's going to remind you of St. Vincent de Paul. So that's a, a wonderful memento, and also to keep people in mind that those empty bowls, you know, tell us what that symbolizes. You know, the need for people, yeah, well, the basic need yeah, to have I mean, food, help, and support, which is what you're all about. 
Exactly. And, you know, right, it's a, it's a great, fun afternoon. It's a great, fun party, but we're not losing focus of who and what we are. And really, it's that reminder there is hunger. You know, there even right now with prices rising, you know, people have to make choices. And, you know, we know that there are people in food insecure areas of Baltimore and, and that's primarily, you know, the folks that we serve. So, you know, that is a reminder. It's a reminder of, you know, how fortunate, you know, a lot of people are to be able to support our event, but then also to look to see, you know, the good, the good work that we can do um, with our programs that alleviate hunger and food insecurity. And the date again for uh, Empty Bowls is coming up Saturday, April 23rd, uh, noon to three at the Maryland State Fairgrounds and um, in the tent, you know, in El Fresco, if you, if you prefer that. Um, how do people purchase tickets? That's, I think, the most important question we haven't asked yet. How do they do that? Yeah. Um, so right now, the easiest thing to do is to go online. So we have a really good platform, and we'll be able to do that. Um, there will be tickets available at the door as well. Um, we do have some reserved seating opportunities. So we have um, blocks of 10 that gives you a discount. So a block of 10 tickets would be $300, and, you know, that's for families or organizations um, or friends groups. And then we also have a reserved area, and that's a little bit more. It's $450 for a set of 10 tickets, but you get a little more service. You're going to have a volunteer waiter kind of helping you out. You'll get a little opportunity to pick your bowl a little early um, and just kind of guarantee that you have a seat because we, we are expecting upwards to 1,000 people. Wow. I mean, this has been a very popular event um, for many, many years, and, and you know, we, we know we've had a break for, for the past two, but we, we hope that, you know, the, the return customers are going to come back, but we're looking at these new opportunities and bringing in a whole new uh, group of folks that will support us for years to come. That's so cool, and definitely tickets are still available. You get plenty of time. Um, you can get all that information yeah. at vincentbaltimore.org. And you have some other things coming up. Uh, Camp St. Vincent is another important thing you do. We have our, our final minutes here of the interview, I want to make sure we mention that because that's really cool that, that you're able to help homeless children in the area. Yeah, so Camp St. Vincent, really the oldest program of St. Vincent de Paul. It's 116 years, I believe. But um, it's a wonderful program because it is the only camp in, in, in Maryland, to, to my knowledge, um, that serves strictly homeless children. So, you know, part of it is the slide, the summer slide. We want to maintain and keep uh, kids. It's, it's not, you know, all fun and fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun activities, but there's also reading. Uh, there's also you know, STEM activities. There's a lot of athletics. We have a very robust volunteer program. We have volunteers that return year after year um, and, and, you know, a dedicated uh, support staff. Um, and, and we see upwards of 200 children. So they're the children that are in our shelters, as well as we do branch out to other shelters within the city and county and partner with them as well. And, you know, what's important, too, um, you know, when you're supporting Empty Bowls, your fundraiser, you're also supporting, uh, you know, Camp St. Vincent and all those the funds that you're going to be raising with this great event that's back, um, you know, is going to go towards all the uh, programs we've been talking about this morning, providing the food and resources for people in Baltimore like that. Um, and have you heard that people are very, very excited that it's back in person this year? I know I can hear the buzz already. I know. Well, I'm hoping because we just really came out with a very soft announcement about 10 days ago, and we've already sold over 200 tickets. Um, you know, we have folks constantly calling us about the bowls. They want to make bowls. They want to be there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting, and I'm really you know, on our internal bets within our team, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we do believe, we do believe that we will hopefully hit the uh, the four-figure mark and, and see, you know, a thousand, a thousand folks, which would be great. I mean, and it's not an event that you have to be for the entire three hours. So, of course, people will want to come early. 
um, but you know you can also kind of flow through. We're going to have a very small marketplace. We have some unique vendors this year for the first time um, that you know you'll be able to, to purchase some soup related or bowl related items, um, you know, one one of a kind stuff. And uh, yeah, so so we're really hoping that the flow will, will give an opportunity for everyone to, to have a good time. Great. Well, everyone get their tickets for uh, empty bowls Saturday, April twenty third. You can get more information. I know you're looking for those auction items and other things um, at vincentbaltimore.org. And you can also do the email empty bowls at vincentbaltimore.org. Thank you so much, Mary Helfrick. We've been talking to you, Chief Advancement Officer for St. Vincent de Paul. Thank you for all that you do and best of luck with empty bowls. We'll definitely see you out there at Maryland State Fairgrounds. Well, thank you. Thank you, Gina, for giving us me an opportunity and giving St. Vincent an opportunity to talk about it. Absolutely. We're going to put this on the website so people can get more information as well. Thank you for listening to Spotlight on Maryland. This has been a production of Odyssey Baltimore. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.